Speaking of Travel is sponsored by the Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. And when you fly home, you're home. Plan your next trip at flyavl.com. Appalachian Realty. If you're looking for a home in Asheville and Western North Carolina, they'll help you find properties as unique as you are. Visit AppalachianRealty.com. And Prestige Subaru, offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus, built with the zero landfill promise. All waste is recycled or reused with more at PrestigeSubaru.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on News Radio 570 WWNC. Now be sure to visit the Speaking of Travel website, that's speakingoftravel.net, and sign up for the Speaking of Travel Travel Club, and you'll receive the latest travel news and great travel tips. And remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website on the iHeartRadio app iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Well, I am so excited. I'm actually on location this week in beautiful Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I'm here for the Travel South USA Domestic Showcase. And, you know, I believe we're in the golden age of travel right now. With so many great resources, travelers are increasingly embracing stepping out and having more adventures. And that means there's a lot of competition for your attention. But thanks to so many visionaries in the travel and tourism industry, there's been a deep level of collaboration over the past few decades in terms of how travel providers work together as an industry with travelers and with the media. These collaborations have provided long-term evidence that working together for the good of all is key to developing long-term solutions that will meet destination, attractions, travelers, and economic development needs. Well, one such example is Travel South USA. They're the official regional destination marketing organization for the southern United States. This nonprofit organization promotes travel to and within its member states of Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Virginia, and West Virginia. And I am so excited that I'm here today with Liz Bittner. She's the president and CEO. CEO for Travel South USA, and she's going to tell us about the oldest, largest, and most respected alliance in the United States. Liz, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Marilyn, and welcome to the Grand Strand. We're very excited to be here, and it's sunny outside, so all life is good, right? It is so good. You know, I've been in the travel industry for a long time and have been to many conferences and workshops, and I have to say, being here in Myrtle Beach at this beautiful convention center is a dream. The people, uh, the activities, the the hospitality is over the top. Well, thank you so much. Um, we'd like to say that um, that comes easy because that's what we sell. That's what our pillars are, food, music, hospitality, and, of course, you know, our genuine southern hospitality and, and um 
the, it is the people that make a difference. Um, but we also work really hard to make sure that the experience for all of our attendees, and we have about 700 people here this uh, week, and um, uh, both from the conference, the three full days of conferences that were here in the Myrtle Beach Convention Center, which is a fabulous facility, um, but also um, the pre familiarization tours and post-familiarization tours that are offered both within South Carolina. So we had folks on Thursday and Friday and Saturday that were in Columbia and Greenville and and, uh, uh, obviously Charleston and Buford and um, all around. And then the after tours will be going to Savannah and we have two going to the inner and the outer banks and one into central North Carolina. So it's all about sort of showing off the great parts of the southern um, region. And then obviously these buyers are we're focused on making sure that they bring back not just hundreds, but thousands of visitors. Well, it sounds like your history proves that they do indeed bring back thousands. I think there was a slide yesterday during a presentation of how many groups come through the South and how much revenue is is made and jobs that are created. Tell us a little bit about Travel South USA and what your role is in bringing all of this together. Well, as you mentioned, thanks for asking. Um, I love talking about this. Um, We were founded in 1963 by the Southern Governors Association when there were only two state tourism offices in the entire country, one in Georgia and one in Florida. And they built these things called Welcome Centers on 95, one on the northbound lane and one on the southbound lane. Um, And uh, the two state travel directors said, you know, maybe we should get together and share like job descriptions and should that reside at the Department of uh, Transportation or should they, um, you know, or is it more of a marketing role? And from that really grew Travel South. And so for the last um, um, over 50 years, we've been focused focused on this leadership and collaboration and marketing the region. And our our goal is simple. We want more people staying longer and having a great time so they bring their friends back. Um, And anything that we can do... um, to make that happen is what we use our, our resources for. Um, uh, but it's not just a fun and games sort of industry. I mean, it's big business. And so, um, it's a, about a $15 billion industry. Um, it creates jobs for one, every eight motor coaches that are rolling down the highways and, um, off the roads and stopping at attractions or restaurants or, or, um, staying in hotels in the Southeast that creates one job. The local economy gets about $12,000 per uh, per destination in local and uh, taxes, and um, they use about fourteen, almost fifteen million rooms every year um, around the region. So it's really big business, and um, it looks fun, um, but it's got a real serious purpose. And you've been at the helm for quite some time, so let's talk about leadership here, Liz, because you've been doing this for quite some time. It's you know this organization has a fifty-year history. That's a lot of. Um, uh, you know, big shoes to fill, let's say. So tell us a little bit about what it's like to be in your position, kind of at the helm, uh, guiding this boat. Well, um, 
just to be clear, I haven't been here all 50 years. So um, uh, I just celebrated my 15th year anniversary, and I got hired in 2004. And I consider it an honor and a privilege to really sell what I think is the best region in the world. Um, and I, so I get up every morning, and I think, wow, I have a great job. Um, and um, I work really hard and make and have a real respect for this industry. Um, but I also think that, you know, the great reason that I think I'm so excited um, is that the, there's been these massive shifts in the industry. And so, you know, we've gone from, um, you know, we've gone from groups that were preformed to a lot more independent style groups. You know, the, the average traveler age has, has, um, not even just changed it's widened. So, I mean, we have elementary school groups all the way to, you know, the the folks that are in their 70s and 80s that I love to call the go-goers, you know. Um, you have the slow-goers and the no-goers, but you have these, you know, 80-year-olds that are sort of the new 50 that are the just go, 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 and um, and everything in between. And so, you know, whether it's uh, Kentucky bourbon tours or it's craft brewery tours or it's outdoor adventure, or we had folks in Charleston that were actually ziplining, you know, that were in their 60s and 70s. Um, and, and all that that entails... It's just been an amazing last 15, you know, years. And I think that the next 15 is going to even change as as dramatically as the last 15 is going to change. So I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. And, you know, it's... The irony of all of this is that as travelers, people who, you know, whether they're just traveling for the first time, maybe just getting out of their home state and going to visit another home state, or maybe they're a seasoned traveler and they're going to Europe. People don't really recognize what's going on behind the scenes, you know, and that's what makes your organization, what Travel South and this collaboration so unique and and such a great opportunity for us, the traveler, in that you are able to get it all going on behind the scenes so that when people come to visit, it's easy. So, um, yeah, the purpose, this is a... Uh, business to business style conference and so we're selling our travel programs to the consumer market but this is businesses the conference portion of it is the is business to business and so um, whether it's a destination marketing organization or a hotel or a restaurant or a, um, they want to talk to group tour operators who can put together packages um, that will help the consumer um, sort of expand their horizon a little bit. And um, we do that purposefully. Um, we think about what, how we're organizing the trade show floor. We understand what the experiences are that need to happen. And so I think I mentioned yesterday on stage that, you know, we consider our meal function sort of a combination of this education and entertainment. You know, you want to be entertained a little bit, but we also want to make sure that you we impart a lot of information. So, um, you know, yesterday morning, South Carolina, talked about what uh, what we consider undiscovered um, South Carolina, so the little nooks and crannies, you know, maybe Charleston and Buford and Hilton Head and, and uh, uh, Myrtle Beach, obviously, but, you know, all these other little quaint, cool little places, small towns that um, that travelers can go to. At lunch, we talked a lot about bourbon um, and the bourbon um, craze, and you don't necessarily... Oh, we love it if everybody drank bourbon, but you know you don't have to love to drink bourbon to recognize that it's so part of our American history and it is part of and it's ingrained in our culture and all that comes with that independent sort of pioneer spirit of living. And so, just like many people sort of traipse 
out to California and do wine tasting tours, even if they're maybe not a winey, a wine person. You know, you can be a Kentucky, you don't have to drink Kentucky bourbon to like to go to the bourbon distilleries um, and sort of understand the people and, and such. And then this afternoon, um, we're, we're going to be featuring West Virginia, which has this amazing outdoor um, experiences and everything from ATVing on the Hatfield and McCoy trails to downtown Charleston and visiting the um, what is always considered the most beautiful capital building in the United States. Um, and, you know, West Virginia was the only state that was born out of the Civil War. And um, it has so it has this rich history, um, and it's so close to Washington D.C. and North Carolina, and sort of the tip edge of Kentucky. That um, sometimes people it, it gets sort of squeezed out a little bit, but it has just such wonderful, wonderful experiences. So um, we really focus on that, and we're we're delighted to do it. And this year we had great attendance, so um, that's always fun when you get a lot of people that are excited about what you're showing them. Absolutely. And the other part of it that I just, I can't stress enough is the fostering of collaboration. Because sometimes people don't recognize that just because you're a hotel, you know, maybe they think, well, I don't need to be advertising next to another hotel in the same area because we're competitors. But really the the vibe that I feel here at Travel South is that everybody is a player whether they're the journalism, the journalists, or the suppliers, that everybody is pretty much on the same page as far as the high tide is raising everybody. Correct. Well, good. I'm glad you feel that because, we were, again, we work hard to make sure that everybody is equal and everybody's welcome. Um, and I, I guess I came from the hotel industry. Um, that's my background uh, before I came to Travel South. But, you know, here's what I do know. No one wakes up one morning and says, gosh, I'm dying to, dying to drive 500 miles to see a hotel. I mean, there are a few exceptions because there's some amazing resorts out there. But, you know, you're just not going to, you know, there, it's not a standard thing. What you are, what you do want to do is you want to get up and you want to go to an experience you want to see an attraction you want to visit a museum you want to you know eat um, have a dining experience you want to sort of you know uh, reconnect with your friends and by because you're too far away from sleeping in your own bed you have to use a hotel you have to figure out how to get there and all the things that are about the travel that make the experience amazing isn't just the destination it's as much the journey so um, a lot of the work that we do is to help suppliers um, which are these destination marketing organizations hotels restaurants attractions outfitters understand put it all together and hand it over to the prospective tour operator or the journalist as a story idea because um, it's going to make it easier for them to understand how to package it together and then it's more likely to get either written about, talked on an online radio like we're doing today, or obviously for a tour operator, sell it. Yes, that's all of that is just um, obviously what has allowed this organization to continue for 50, 50 years. But let's talk just a minute about, um, we, we talked about the past, you talked a little about trends today and how things have changed in the 15 years that you've been here. Where do you see the tourism industry going, not just domestically, but internationally, uh, let's say over the next five years? Right. So I think that um, two things. I think that the, um, the 
I'm an optimist at heart anyway, but um, I think that travel and tourism is the bright spot in our economy. I think that um, international travelers coming and visiting the South, it is one of those export industries that um, cannot be uh, sent offshore. Um, uh, You know, folks from Italy or Australia or um, Brazil or China come and visit. They um, spend their money. They stay in our hotels. They eat in our restaurants. um, And then they go home. And so it's this perfect, perfect perfect meld of um, an economic drop in the um, into the community and uh, and, um, and then there's no inf- there's very little infrastructure that unlike manufacturing or agriculture or any of those that need um, that need to be made I also think that there's a um, there's a diplomatic reason for international travelers. You know, if you know someone, it's a lot easier to consider them your friend. Um, and people that come to this, uh, especially that come to the South, are always, you know, um, they heard about Southern hospitality, but they had never really experienced it. And so it's all those little, those, those stories that we know happen every day. You know, someone gets stuck on the side of the road and a visitor will stop and help them to get to the next place. Or, you know, they're trying to give them direction. They stop and ask for directions and the person says, no, 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 you know, follow me. I'll take you there. Or, you know, let me tell me where the best place that the locals eat. Um, and, you know, suddenly a whole group of French uh, tourists are in this little cafe in some little town and, you know, enjoying uh, Mima's pie that, you know, they think is the best pie since sliced bread. And most people are like, how did those French people even know that that place existed? So I love the international element. And for the domestic travelers, I mean, I think that there's so much to see in the United States, you know, that may even be in your back door. We have a a lot of people here um, that have said, well, you know, I haven't been to Myrtle Beach in about 10 years. Well, then you haven't been to Myrtle Beach because there's so many new things that are going on. You know, not only just attractions that roll over, but, you know, just the whole beach renovation and refurbishment and the how the Grand Strand is really just you know it's it's 60 miles of of beach and every little community along the beach has its own sort of nuance and vibe and feel and and you got to find the right place to visit so I think I think the I think the industry is bright I think that uh uh I think travelers want to spend money. I think that um, the young people, the you know, those Gen Xers, as they move in, they're less materialistic and more experiential. I have three kids in college, so, um, you know, we've moved back past the Xboxes of the world, you know, I mean, um, they want to go and they want to, they want to go and travel to, they want to see wine country. They want to go to the, the, um, you know, the Rockies. They want to um, experience all of the cool little. My, my son just got back from Raleigh, North Carolina, as a visit. So, yeah, it, future's bright. The future is bright. I think we need to wear shades, yeah. right? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> well, Liz, I can't thank you enough for being on Speaking of Travel today and giving us some history and um, some optimism about the future. You know, there, we're. We're all looking for that bright spot, and I know on Speaking of Travel, the guests that I'm talking to have the most wonderful travel experiences, whether they're traveling to a new place in their own backyard or whether they're taking their first trip across the pond for the first time. Uh, Everybody comes back as a different person. Our worldview has changed. There's so much positive, and I just want to thank you for 
leading this industry into a place that we can see some bright spots. My pleasure. And, you know, if I had one thing that I would love to be able to, you know, if I ruled the world, I'd tell everyone, turn off the, the TV news and just, you know, get out and experience life and um, and travel more and you'll live longer. You'll be happier. Well, that's what we want. Well, thank you so much. This is Marilyn Ball. We'll be right back. This is Tina Kinsey with Asheville Regional Airport, and I have a travel tip for you today. What happens when you're traveling and suddenly you have a minor medical issue? Are you prepared? If you're close to a drugstore, then maybe. But often in our travels, we may not have easily accessible ground transportation. We may be in a more remote area or even in a different country where navigating a solution could be difficult. That's why every traveler should prepare a small first aid kit. The essentials for the kit could include pain medications such as aspirin or ibuprofen, anti-allergy medications such as Benadryl, a few cold medicine capsules, um, stomach upset medication, basic first aid such as bandages, first aid cream, chapstick, Vaseline, antiseptic wipes, and maybe a pair of tweezers. Be sure to leave all the medications in their original packaging in case customs officials need to check your kit. Thanks for listening. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring is like on Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, your host of Speaking of Travel. I'm here at the Travel South USA Showcase in beautiful Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And I'm telling you, the sky is blue. The breeze is heavenly. The temperature couldn't be better. And I'm so excited because I'm here with my guest, President and CEO of the Myrtle Beach Area Chamber of Commerce, Karen Reardon. Karen, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much, Marilyn. It's a pleasure. Karen, how long have you been here in Myrtle Beach? So I have just celebrated my six-month anniversary as the new president and CEO, which is great. (laughs) That is great. Where were you from before you came here? My last assignment was the president and CEO of Williamsburg, Virginia. So coming a couple hundred miles south to Myrtle Beach. That is really great. Well, I mean, what a wonderful opportunity for you and and for all your visitors to um, have somebody with your background and your expertise and experience. And, you know, Myrtle Beach, uh, I think... I think everybody on some level knows Myrtle Beach. It's been around for a long time. Uh, but there are some new uh, things happening here. It's, it, I know you have 60 miles of beautiful coastline. Uh, you've got the Grand Strand. You've got so much entertainment and, and shows. We had that wonderful show last night. Uh, it was all, everything has been just so over the top here in Myrtle Beach. But you've got some really um, very... Uh, cutting edge and uh, important work that's going on here in Myrtle Beach. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure, I'd be happy to. And, and as you said, I think we will always be known for sort of the iconic you know, pieces of our DNA, like the beach, and of course, uh, having so many golf courses, and uh, many people grew up with that. But 
part of the reason I was so excited about this opportunity is I feel like most destinations, uh, the healthy ones anyway, Myrtle Beach is changing and it has changed quite a bit in the last couple of years. And there are a lot of stories and a lot of threads to the guest experience uh, that are not as well known. And uh, some of that has to do with um, the designation we received around being autism friendly. Um, So again, uh, thanks to people who are here in the market and understanding that this was an opportunity. Uh, we went forward with a, with Savannah's Playground that has now been nationally recognized, and we have that designation in the city of Myrtle Beach. Now the surrounding county of Horry County is also autism-friendly certified, and we think this is the start of a bigger story in which we want to make our destination more and more accessible. So obviously having that designation means that for people that do have sensory uh, issues, they can come here, and even though, again, most people think of the beach and maybe lots of noise and the Ferris wheel and so forth and the sky wheel, um, there is an opportunity to have a family vacation with a child or with a family member that does have some sensory issues and still be able to have an incredible vacation experience. And uh, what we're hearing from the people who have visited is that that's just amazing. And again, not something that they knew. And uh, many of these people were not taking a vacation anywhere in the U.S. um, because they just didn't know where they could go and have a wonderful experience. So we're very, very proud of that and feel like that's just something that's burgeoning and starting. And as we're getting that recognition, we want to dive down deeper to see what more we can be doing uh, to be really seen as a truly accessible kind of place uh, to vacation. So that's one aspect of it. I think another aspect... um, we were talking a little bit before about was just the notion of being a more green destination, being sustainable destination. That's extremely important, we know, to today's consumer. Uh, People are looking for that. They're noticing whether you have that or not. And so this is an opportunity, we believe, to continue to work with our restaurant community, as well as our hoteliers and our attractions uh, to be doing more to protect not just our land, but that beautiful blue pond that we call the Atlantic Ocean, which, again, is an iconic driver for us. So the more we can make sure that we don't have plastic straws that are littering our beaches or plastic bags or refuse or anything that could A, mar the beauty, but more importantly, hurt marine life uh, is really, really important. And so we're starting to see a grassroots effort uh, by the people who are here in the hospitality industry. And we believe it's part of our mission and our charge to really be out there with them, supporting that and looking at ways that programmatically we can encourage more of that kind of behavior. We know that a guest appreciate that. Uh, we expect that the next sort of adoption phase will be that guests are not just going to appreciate it. They're going to start demanding that. And so we need to be ready for that. All destinations do. But I think, again, we have a unique uh, situation in that our coastline is so pristine. Our beaches are beautiful and we need to keep them that way. So I'm really, really excited about that. That's something that's personally just very interesting and important to me as a person. Um, I have a a daughter who's a Generation Z, um, you know, who is absolutely rabid about that. And I know that um, pretty soon that's going to become a mainstream idea. That's not going to be an avant-garde idea anymore. So again, I'm proud that our community is starting to take steps to do those kinds of things. And I think there's more we can do. Karen, I'm very excited at these new opportunities that are coming here to to Myrtle Beach and uh, and starting out like you said as a grassroots 
program. How are you working with the hoteliers and the attractions here in Myrtle Beach to uh, to create this bigger picture in the hospitality industry? Well, as you can imagine, we are working closely with the Hospitality Association here, and we have a great relationship with our lodging community and our restaurateurs and attractions. The first step that we want to take, um, you know, on top of the grassroots efforts that already have started is start to reward people by recognizing them and create role models for the community. Uh, But we also believe it's necessary to actually do an audit to understand throughout the entire Grand Strand, those 60 miles from North Myrtle Beach all the way to Pauly's Island, who's doing what so we have a better handle on that. Um, We can start to, uh, again, guide guests who are interested in that. Uh, Ultimately, it's their choice as to where they want to stay, where they want to eat, where they want to play, but we can arm them with that information. And I think that's a nice, gentle way uh, to start to show as more and more of uh, that community adopts that. Um, Some of the outliers may be very encouraged to to get on board and jump on that bandwagon. So um, that's something we're excited to do. And just publicizing, again, that we're doing that. And um, again, calling out and recognizing those people that are starting to to make those efforts you know as a guest one of the things that drives me crazy is when um, a lodging uh, provider will say that you know they are really trying to cut down on their water usage by having you recycle towels and you you know you and you hang the sign up and I'm always one of those guests who does and says yes I can use my towel a second or a third time and then they snatch it away anyway so again little programs where we can be working closely with the hospitality association to make sure sure that they're not just talking the talk, but they're actually walking the walk and then be able to prove what kind of water savings, what kind of energy savings, what kind of environmental savings we're having as a result of doing that. I think, again, we're going to see that start to turn from being an exception to being the rule. That's really exciting. That is very exciting. And I know right here at the Myrtle Beach uh, Convention Center that there's a lot of uh, activity in regard to... um, saving money by not running the escalator so much and uh, not cooling or heating the exhibit halls during times when people are moving in and out. Just little things like that are making a big difference. Exactly. It's the the kinds of things that we were taught, you know, in our homes, you know, changing the thermostat by just adjusting it a a degree or two can make a big, big difference. And so um, I think, again, we need to be on the tip of that um, and really be advising and encouraging And again, one of the ways I know behavior change usually happens is by recognizing and rewarding people who are doing that. Uh, And then more people say, hey, I want to be patted on the back for that, too. And then they jump on board. So, again, I applaud the convention center and and this area for the steps that have already been taken. Um, And I think, again, we're going to start to see this become more and more mainstream, which is great. The more and more mainstream it can be, the better, for sure, not only here in Myrtle Beach and in South Carolina, but all over our nation and certainly all over the world. I want to talk to you about food because I have had some incredible meals here, and I know that there's you've got so much fresh seafood, and you've got the barbecue history and the southern fare, but now you're doing a lot more with the farm-to-table and, and really uh, supporting your local community and the farmers. Talk about that a little bit. 
Absolutely. I mean, again, most people think of Georgia when they think of peaches, but we grow a lot of peaches here in South Carolina. Uh, we have pecans. We have all sorts of things. Um, and again, I think that uh, with a nod to our, our sister to the south, Charleston certainly has a sterling reputation when it comes to culinary. Um, but we have an opportunity to carve out our niche. And we believe that is continuing to be about fresh and homegrown um, and really bringing the bounty of the sea as well as what we have in, in terms of what our farmers can do. And again, we've got some great chefs that are very, very interested in that and leading the way. Um, again, with the Grand Strand being so large, we've got a mix of everything. Uh, so we're never going to be maybe purists in that regard and that we will have some fast casual and fast food. And we know that some families will want that. But what excites me about the scene is I think, again, there's just so much opportunity for us to uh, define our own way around, you know, again, freshness. So it's not necessarily about art. It's about fresh. It's about, again, come as you are. There's just a relaxed, casual atmosphere about the Myrtle Beach food scene. Um, but I think what people are learning is they don't have to give up that relaxed, casual, fresh um, idea and and not be able to get, you know, again, really good cuisine. I think the two can go hand in hand. Um, so I'm excited about seeing what we can do to develop that. And we've had some great chef ambassadors already um, as South Carolina PRT has developed that program after the last five years. So I'm excited to see where that goes and how we can continue to be really involved in that. Well, like I said, the food here has been spectacular. I had a croissant this morning that was made locally by your culinary chefs-to-be, and it was as good as anything I ever tasted in Paris, I can tell you that. Well, let's talk a little bit about sports, because you've got a lot of sports. You had mentioned golf, but there's so much more. Yes, it's, it's somewhat ironic that, again, we've been known for golf for so many years, and golf will always be, again, an important part of, uh, of our ecosystem. But it's really been youth sports that have just completely blossomed and just emerged and taken off in the last 8 to 10 years. So, um, again, I, I, nothing makes me happier than come by the sports center, which is right next to our convention center, and see people playing volleyball, doing basketball tournaments. Our fields are almost full at this point in terms of being booked for baseball, for soft. Ball. Uh, and so the youth sports uh, have, have obviously been a huge phenomenon throughout our country. Um, but uh, Myrtle Beach has been particularly well suited for that because, again, of our climate. We can have people coming from North Carolina, from Virginia, from Georgia, from really all over the southeast as well as the northeast and be playing all of these team youth sports. Um, we also have our own marathon that's coming up. Um, and then we even have something for the senior set. Um, we were here recently with the pickleball tournament, which has just taken the world by storm. And those people were ferociously competing out there. Um, and so it's just really been great to see how sports have taken off. And again, it hasn't been part of our culture or really our identity. But I think more and more families are being exposed to Myrtle Beach for the first time through their children's sports and their travel. And then they decide, oh, my gosh, why aren't we coming here for vacation? We should come back again and, you know, in a shoulder season or come here for uh, the summer family vacation. So we believe it's a great way for us to continue to be replenished the pool of new to Myrtle Beach people uh, coming in. So sports is very, very important, and our lodging community has really gotten on board and very excited about it, as well as our restaurants and our attractions. Um, again, it's just a, a great growing group business for us. Well, there certainly is something for everybody here at Myrtle Beach, and it's it's 
I guess that old adage of, you know, we're not your grandfather or grandmother's Myrtle Beach anymore. But let's talk just a minute about um, your affiliation with Travel South USA. You're hosting their showcase this year. I think they said there were like 700 people here. Um, Tell me a little bit about the importance of your your, uh, your city, your town, working with an organization like Travel South USA? It's just so vitally important. First of all, we are just so honored and thrilled to have the opportunity to be the host. Uh, we, I think, intrinsically understood how important this would be for us. Um, I mean, one, name, one word in their name really says it all, showcase. It's an opportunity to really show off all facets, all sides of Myrtle Beach. Um, many, many people have come to the conference already and have said to me, oh, I've been coming here for years. Uh, but there's always a new group of planners. There's new people coming into our industry where they've heard of Myrtle Beach. But what they knew again was maybe Myrtle Beach of 10 years ago. Oh, we knew about the beach. We knew about this. But they didn't know about our culinary scene. They did not know how important sports were. They had no idea about the autism uh, network. And so it's just the opportunity to keep showing our destination and how it's evolving, growing, and changing is incredible. And Travel South just has this sterling reputation for doing an incredible showcase, um, being very efficient in terms of letting a lot of people meet, do their appointments, uh, learn a lot, and you know make some important decisions about where they want to take uh, the groups that they represent. So we jumped at this opportunity um, and really just wanted to roll out the red carpet for all of our guests because we understand um, that this is a chance, again, to make a new, maybe fresh impression, and uh, we just wanted to give it our all. So we're really, really happy that we've had the chance to do this this week. Well, Karen, I can't thank you enough for taking a little bit of time. I know it's busy. There's a lot going on. There's activity. I'm ready to hit the beach. I don't know. It's like, I don't know how much longer I can sit in this building. I love it. I'm meeting so many great people. But you have a beautiful, beautiful beach here, beautiful area. I can't thank you enough, and I'm going to look forward to talking to you more about Myrtle Beach. Thank you so much, Marilyn. This has been a pleasure. is good. Local food, less oil. Renewable energy, sustainable peace. Tree hugger. Say no to GMOs. Be kind to animals. Don't eat them. Go solar. Coexist. Don't buy a dog. Rescue one. Keep Asheville weird. We just read the bumper stickers on the back of a Subaru. Welcome to Subiville. Prestige Subaru. On the web at PrestigeSubaru.com. Any real estate company's success is a reflection of its attention and care provided to its clients. Appalachian Realty Associates are proven to have the best agents around. And if you're looking for a place in Asheville and Western North Carolina, they'll help you find properties as unique as you are. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on 
Welcome back to this special edition of Speaking of Travel. I'm in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina with Travel South USA. And you know, there is nobody who knows the South better than our good pal Doc Lawrence. And he's with us now on the Gourmet Highway on the road to Eatonville, Florida. Hey, Doc, I know Eatonville not only has a rich heritage, but also played a big role in literary history. And of course, that's right up your alley. So tell us more. Marilyn, I just finished the amazing South Beach Wine and Food Festival, and I decided to stay here in Florida for a few more days, maybe a few more weeks. You know, Major League Baseball is starting the Grapefruit League right now, and it's a chance for me to go to many cities and see the teams play, but this also gives me the opportunity to enrich my soul and visit one of my favorite cities on earth, Eatonville, Florida. Now, many of the listeners may not have heard of Eatonville, but this is a place you want to come visit. Eatonville is just north of Orlando, and it's as different from Walt Disney World as day is from night. Eatonville is the first all-black city formed and incorporated in the United States. It was built here, the land was purchased here by freed slaves after the Civil War. And they have somehow, miraculously, preserved their amazing culture. For those of you who've read These Eyes Were Watching God by the incredible Zora Neale Hurston, you know what I'm talking about. It's a book that pulls at the heartstrings, that makes you cry on demand, that forces you to understand the overpowering majesty of love and how great love can heal when nothing else really works. This is the city where Miss Hurston grew up. She became the single most important literary figure in the Harlem Renaissance. Sadly, after writing all these wonderful books, she died in Fort Pierce, Florida, in abject poverty, buried in a pauper's grave, and another great writer, Alice Walker, found her grave, had it properly marked, and had her honored for posterity. You know something that's interesting, Marilyn? Zora Neale Hurston's been dead a long time, but she wrote a book back in the 1920s called Barracoon. It's the only recorded book about a slave who was alive at that time who remembered growing up in Africa. And she chronicled his story in this book. It was published just last year in 2018 as a Pulitzer Prize nominee and spent weeks on the New York Times bestseller list. It is fascinating. This city just oozes from its pores, cultural heritage, and it really must be preserved. This is one place that you visit and you are going to want to come back, bring your family and bring your friends because you're going to learn a lot here. Edenville still is on what they call the Chitlin Circuit. Now, for those that didn't grow up in the South, you may not know what that is, but let me educate you. The Chitlin Circuit is where Duke Ellington, Ella Fitzgerald, Louis Armstrong, Ray Charles, B.B. King, Muddy Waters, James Brown, and hundreds of others traveled to play in small clubs in cities that were friendly to them and to earn a little spending money and maybe have a drink of Jack Daniels or two. And Edenville was a hot spot for that. You know, when I finish this show, and I'm going to go out and eat some soul food tonight here in Eatonville, and I'm going to try to find the legendary Henry Swain Club. And you'll find that in the music of John Lee Hooker. It's Boogie Chulin, and this is what you can do here. 
This is a great city. This is a city that will always be here. It is surrounded by the sprawl of Orlando, and yet these people aren't going to surrender to greed. They're going to keep what they've got, their festival each year, appropriately named the Zora Neale Literary Festival, is a pleasure, a delight to come to. And you know I like a good time, Marilyn. And uh, sometimes I don't heed the words and the wisdom of Willie Nelson. The nightlife ain't no good life, but it is my life. But I'm away from all the hustle and bustle of South Florida right now. And in the quietness and the stillness of this glorious city, for those going to Orlando any time of the year, make plans to stop by Eatonville. You're going to need a day to absorb all the culture here. It's really worth saving. So for now, this is Doc Lawrence for Maryland Ball, speaking of travel on the Gourmet Highway in historic, vibrant, and boogieing Eatonville, Florida, saying, I'll see you soon in your hometown. Doc, I'm so glad Eatonville remains a cultural gem. I really want to go visit there sometime, so we're going to have to meet up. Well, until next week, Doc, happy trails. And remember, you can follow Doc's journey on the Gourmet Highway by visiting thegourmethighway.com. My thanks to all the truly wonderful people here at the Travel South USA Domestic Showcase in beautiful Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. What a fun time. I'm telling you, this is Southern hospitality at its best and a collaboration of people who are doing good work. So this week, go out and visit your neighbors in the South. Live it up. Eat some new food. Meet some new people. Remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy. Oh, oh, oh.